0: It's great to see you this morning if you have your bulletin as always i want to encourage you to get it out there'll be several blanks to fill in but it's always good to have your pencil pen to be able to jot down what god is sharing with you about Uh, in october we're having community days just kind of kind of thinking about those who live around us work around us and just kind of reach out and we're going to have an attendance challenge with this church valley station campus in louisville kentucky talked to their pastor this week great guy and so just kind of in a fun way we're going to challenge each other to reach out to those around us encourage folks to get plugged into a local body and so uh, we're going to be sharing so our church our campus gerald and leslie we'll be going together against this campus. And so we're gonna kinda keep you updated week to week where we are, we're gonna have a lot of fun. And so we hope that you'll uh, be a part of that. We do need some extra volunteers during the month of October. And the part of your bulletin that tears off, there's a little place down the bottom that if you would be willing to help out during the month of October. We really just need some extra greeters We need people that when visitors come just to walk them down to a general area where their classes are and just those kind of things. And so we're gonna have a lunch uh, two weeks from today and the church will provide the lunch and Josh and Kayla are going to lead out and just kind of talk about what we need. It's really things that anyone can do. It's going to be very uh, low-stress type jobs, just kind of being there, greeting people, loving on people. And so, again, two weeks from today, it's in the bulletin. We're going to have a luncheon. But there's a tear-off part of the bulletin that you can put your name, and then they will contact you. And, again, you can just serve where you feel comfortable to serve. So I'm looking forward to it. The ultimate goal, whenever you have an attendance child, the ultimate goal is to increase the kingdom of God. It's hopefully both churches uh, have a great time and just kind of challenge each other. So last week we began a little mini-series on discipleship, and so I gave you a picture to look at, and I asked you guys to give me a caption, and so I want to give you a few of the captions. I got a basket full of captions, so I appreciate that. So some of you, again, I like this picture. I don't know why. Something about it just intrigued me. I love to just kind of look at kids and how they react to things, and when this little girl saw a statue of Jesus falling by the weight of The cross. She went over to help pick it up, which I thought was pretty awesome. So these are some of the captions that you guys gave uh, to me Abba, I'll help Jesus. Bear one another's burdens, nothing like a child's love. This is a heavy load, Mr. Jesus. I like that one. Let me help carry the cross. Be imitators of God, dear children, for the love of Christ. Together nothing is impossible and then the purity of a child's heart. And there were many others and I just want to give you a sample, but again, I just I just really had a good time reading your captions and just looking at the picture. And again, just thinking about the simplicity of children, and it's, it's no wonder Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God, he compared it to a little child because they're just so innocent and just so real. And so I love those pictures. On the front of your uh, notes, you'll have an umbrella there. And so I want you to write underneath the umbrella three phrases as we talk about discipleship, God's plan for evangelism and discipleship are really all the same. And so I want you to write down. Over the years, there's been so many programs and how to reach people. I mean, there's been an unbelievable amount of programs, and some of them are super detailed. I want to give you today the most simple formula for physical and spiritual growth. And the reason it's so effective is because it comes from God. How many of you know that when God puts together a program it's a good one. And it's always pretty simple, all right? And I like simple as well. So write down on your bulletin these three phrases. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. Everybody say that with me. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. One more time. Turn to somebody here and say, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. All right? So back in the very beginning, when God started this thing out, he created Adam and Eve, and he gave them a plan to grow physically. And by the way, the plan to grow physically and the plan to grow spiritually are the exact same plan. It's three things. First of all, to be fruitful, then to multiply, then to fill the earth. So he says to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, let's read together. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth. That's simple. And so physically, how we grow physically in numbers is the same way that we grow spiritually. All right. And so in John 15, you say, how do we grow spiritually? How do we bear fruit? And I want to say the most important thing in your life is a personal love relationship with Jesus Christ it's not about how much you're doing for God it's not about performance it's about a personal intimacy with Jesus and the only way we bear fruit it's not by taking on more jobs it's not getting more busy many times it's slowing down and just focusing on our love relationship with God the only way we can really bear fruit spiritually is that intimate relationship with God and so Jesus said in John 15 let's read together abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me now this is really simple If you really have an intimate love relationship with God, you are going to bear fruit in your life. I mean, you absolutely, because it's not you, it's not about your performance, but it's about who you are connected to. And so when we become fruitful, we want to begin to disciple other people and help them to become fruitful, and then to multiply and get more people with that intimate love relationship with God. Alright, so here's how physical multiplication works. We all know how it works. We have children, their, our children have children, their children have children, and it just kind of works that way. Everybody nod, if you understand, that's how things multiply. And so I, just, I probably had too much time this week, but I kind of drew it out on the computer. So this couple, they, they have two children. They both get married. Those two families each have two kids Those kids get married, and each of them families have two children. They get married, and they each have two children, and then they get married. All right, question. What do you notice when it goes down from generation to generation? What happens? And you can ask anybody around you. This isn't, I'm not trying to trick you. each each time it goes down it absolutely doubles exactly doubles starts out with 2 goes to 4 goes to 8 goes to 16 goes to 32 now some people may have one child some may not have any children some may adopt some may have 10 kids but the process is God's plan to fill the earth was to be fruitful multiply and fill the earth so we understand in a natural way how it works Well, the same way spiritually that when we begin a love relationship with God and I want to help somebody else get that love relationship with God, I take somebody under my wing and begin to disciple them, begin to love on them, encourage them, and I want them to experience that same love relationship. My goal is when I'm discipling somebody, my ultimate goal is for them to go out and begin to disciple somebody. And that's where the multiplication comes is when you get people that you have loved and you have discipled, when you see them out discipling other people, that's where that multiplication begins to take place. The goal is to fill the earth with a bunch of fruitful people, right? So we want to fill the earth not just with numbers, but we want them to be people who are passionately in love with God. And so, again, God's formula is not just to get people. Sometimes we focus on the numbers and it's all about getting people in the door. But I just want to remind you that isn't the main thing. The most important thing is being fruitful. Then, yeah, then we want to get some other people being fruitful and then we want to fill the earth. All right? So, back in the book of Genesis, to kind of illustrate, they began to multiply. But they forgot the first part of that and that was being fruitful their relationship with God was not there so even though people were multiplying and the earth was getting full God was not jumping up and down excited about all the numbers because again there was no fruit they were not bearing fruit so let's read together out of genesis 6 now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth so how did they do that they had children their children had children their children had children that's how it worked the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually so they were growing they were getting people the problem was they weren't fruitful they did not have a relationship with god absolutely again i want to say the most important thing in your life is an intimate love relationship with god that absolutely is the most important thing. And isn't it kind of cool that it's not what you do for God, but He loves you. He wants you to have that love relationship with Him. And so back in the book of Genesis, they were growing, They uh, they were gaining numbers. There was a lot of people on the earth. The problem was what God wanted them to do was to be fruitful first, but the truth is there was no fruit. There was a lot of people, but they were not fruitful. And listen to what the Bible says. It says in Genesis 6, 6, the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart. I just want to say, as we think about reaching people, it's not about just filling the churches with people. It's possible to fill a church with people that do not love God, and that's not what He wants. He wants people that have that intimate love relationship. Bearing fruit is absolutely the most important thing, and that's about us being connected to Jesus Christ. When God started over, when He sent the flood, when He started over with Noah and His family, guess what He's going to tell them? Same thing. He, he doesn't have plan B, it goes back to plan A, all right? So God blessed Noah and His sons and said to them, Let's say, it together, be fruitful, multiply. And fill the earth all right there was not another plan because this was God's plan it's so simple I mean it's so simple and yet we complicate it and again we try everything we can to manipulate people to come to church but if we get back to God's method first of all that we're bearing fruit and that we're in a love relationship with God And then we want to get somebody else. We want to help other people develop their love relationship with God. And ultimately, we all want to be involved in helping people grow spiritually. Notice when God began to choose a people for himself, he began with Abraham. And notice what he said to Abraham in Genesis 17. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. The first thing he said to Abraham, I'm going to make you exceedingly fruitful. Because God desires our life to bear fruit. And again, fruit isn't something we produce on our own. But if we are connected with God, it's going to come forth in our life just naturally. And so in the book of Exodus, we find... Uh, that fulfilled with the children of Israel even though they were in slavery to Egypt they were fulfilling what God had challenged uh, both Adam and Eve and Noah as well listen to what it says in Exodus 1 let's read together Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation but the children of Israel were fruitful they increased abundantly they multiplied and grew exceedingly mighty and the land was Can I tell you, that's it. I mean, they were experiencing what God asked for. They were fruitful, they were multiplying, and the land was filled with them. That is God's plan for not only physical, but spiritual growth as well. And notice what it goes on to say in that chapter. The Egyptians began to afflict them more and more, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. I love that. Can I tell you, the world cannot stop, the devil cannot stop, God's plan for growth if we choose to do it God's way and if God is the passion of our life if he is absolutely the number one thing is a love relationship with God and then I want to take some people under my wing and I want to help them develop that love relationship with God and then they go out and we all begin to get involved in that process Jesus taught a lot about being fruitful I just want to give you just a couple passages but there's a lot in the Bible About bearing fruit. By the way, the Bible never says you will know them by their gifts. You know, we emphasize the gifts of the Spirit a lot, and I think it's okay to know your gift, but Jesus never said you will know them by their gifts. What did he say? You will know them by their fruit because you cannot fake the fruit of the Spirit, all right? So let me just give you a couple teachings. You remember the parable of the barren fig tree. The Bible says, Jesus spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. Now, that would be kind of obvious. If you plant an apple tree, how many of you expect apples? It's kind of duh, one of those duh things. So he came, he said to the keeper of the vineyard, For three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down, why does it waste up the ground? you know a tree that is not producing fruit is a waste now if I were to ask you guys if you were wanting to make apple pie if you could choose between one apple tree that had an abundance of apples or a whole orchard of trees that had nothing they were dead trees how many of you would choose the archer because there was just a lot of trees and you like a lot of trees obviously if you're really wanting apples The truth is, you would take the one tree with a lot of apples over many trees with no apples. The same way God is trying to say that bearing fruit and just having that love relationship is absolutely the most important thing to God. And then in John 15, we read one of the verses out of that earlier. But Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears what? Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. So that means that if I try harder and I get more involved, take on different jobs, and I come to church five nights a week, is that going to produce fruit? I'm going to get wore out. I want to tell you, just staying connected with God and being in a love relationship with God is so vitally important. And everything in your life will overflow from your relationship with God. He goes on to say, by this my my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. God is glorified if you bear much fruit. And the only way you can bear fruit is to have that intimate relationship with God. Isn't it amazing the most important thing you can do in your daily life is to spend time with God and just love on God and just allow him to be such a vital part of your life. And then when Jesus gave what we call the Great Commission, he literally sent them out to make disciples of all nations, to get other people doing what they were doing, which again was developing that relationship. Let's read together a pretty familiar passage. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, which means to live, to practice all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus said, when you're going out making disciples, I want you to teach them exactly what I've taught you. And so they were again to multiply that out. That's why in the book of Acts, by the way, they would take people with them and next thing you know the people they were taking with them they were taking people with them and they were going different directions and everybody was taking people where did they they get that concept they got that from Jesus that's how you disciple it takes time to love on somebody and help them to grow and to become mature couple verses in the book of Acts, you say, why was the church at Acts so powerful? Because they worked under the multiplication theory and not the addition. It says, the word of God spread and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem and a great many of the preachers were obedient to the faith. How many of you know it's good when the preachers get saved? And so Things were multiplying, some of the priests got saved. When God begins to move, it affects all of us. But again, I want you to know the New Testament church was based on being fruitful, multiplying, and filling the earth. It goes on in Acts 9 to say, Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and were edified. They were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That's that intimacy with God. And they were multiplied so what's the difference between addition and multiplication i want to illustrate it today i'm gonna ask josh i asked josh to come up and i asked darren if he'll come up and help me all right many churches today work on the addition theory in other words they go out they reach people once they have them then they go out and get other people and try to get them in and then they go out and get other people. But I want to illustrate, and I'm gonna have Darren here be the pastor of a church that understands discipleship. And so Darren's heart is not just to reach people and get numbers, but his goal is to not only reach people, but to spend time with them, to love on them, to encourage them to have a daily time with God, and how to have a prayer list, and so he just spends time. And his goal is to see them mature to a point that they can go out and take somebody under their wing, and he can go out and get somebody else, all right? Now, Josh over here, he wants instant church, all right? Him, it's it's all about the pressure, producing numbers. He has no time to spend with people because he is pressured to go out and perform and to get numbers, all right? And so I want each of you to go out and pick one person for your church and bring them back, all right? Now, notice they did not go far, amen? How many of you are glad you didn't sit up front, all right? So they went right. And by the way, kind of a biblical principle, which is true, when people came and they encountered God, you know who they went to first? Their family, those who were closest to them? That really is a biblical principle so in this church over here it's not about discipleship and so Gary you can sit down I mean he's already got you and so he's kind of thinking about what other program he can do to reach people if you guys will face each other just for a minute and so over here Darren's not only uh, reached Dennis but he's going to disciple him he's going to take time to love on him encourage him how to have a quiet time and they're just going to be friends and so again physical growth and spiritual growth the Bible makes a lot of comparisons. Let me ask you, how long does it take to raise a baby? How many of you, after six months, just put a, a food in, a, in, the, in the kid's room and say, you're on your own? It takes years, years of toil, sweat, pain. But is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. I just want to tell you, this thing of discipleship, it's not instant church. But it's worth it. It really is worth it. All right, so you guys have spent time. I mean, Dennis is at a point now that he understands the importance of growth. And so he challenges Dennis to go out and take somebody under his wing. And so I want you both to go out and find somebody and bring them back. In this church, only Josh goes out, all right, because he's working. He's trying to get instant church, all right. I'm so sorry Josh found you. All right. So over here, you know, you can have a seat because you're not really doing anything. (laughs) And so you guys can begin to talk about why the church isn't growing over here. So you guys both face each other, whoever you got, just face each other for a minute. So they're in the process of making disciples because it's everybody working together. So they're over here making disciples. They're growing together. They're teaching how to love on God, have that love relationship. Over here, they're wondering why the pastor isn't doing more. The guy just simply isn't really cutting it. And he's going to all these classes on how to reach people. All right. So I want you to go out and find one other person. I want everybody on this side to go out and find one person. All right. I'm sorry, Bill, I told you not to sit there. All right. All right, so whoever you went and got, I want you to face them for just a minute. This church over here, Bill just went ahead and came up and sat down. He knows what they do over here. He's certainly not expecting to get involved at all because they're paying Josh to do it, all right? So this church is busy discipling. They're all involved in the process, that multiplication. Over here, they're on the addition theory. They're thinking, boy, if I can just get another person, all right? So everybody over here, I want you all to go out. I want two or three of you to go up in the balcony and get the wayward people, all right? And so everybody go and bring one person back. Over here, just you go. And by the way, while he's gone, Gary decides he's tired of being in this church. He wants to be in that church, so he moves his membership. (laughs) So Gary leaves them. This church is struggling over here, all right? So whoever you went and got over here, and they're still out in the highways and hedges, got a new worship leader, all right? So we still got people coming out of the balcony. It's good to see Brett get saved. All right, It's always good when the youth pastor gets saved, amen? All right, so you guys all face each other. And by the way, Dennis, you and Jordan, come over here. So Dennis went out, and again, kind of a biblical principle. Boy, you must have really went out in the highways and hedges, all right? So Dennis went out and got Jordan You know, and again, biblical principle, when people truly fall in love with God, absolutely in the Bible, the first people they would go to is their family and their friends. Why would you not want your family and friends to have that relationship? Now, being a part of this church, it's boring. I mean, it's a struggle. Nothing is going on over here, all right? It's really, really boring. Nothing personal, Josh. But I means there's nothing happening, all right? Now, David's moving his membership. <laughs> it's rough, baby. It's rough. And he, he's even offering free lunches, but it's just not working, all right? So everybody over here, if you're facing each other just for a minute, all right, I just want you to know it talks about discipleship. Each of you can help somebody grow in their relationship with God. Over here, he is just under so much stress to produce numbers. He's added another night of visitation. Now he's going out three nights a week because he's just got to produce. So Josh, you go out and get one more. Everybody over here, go out and get one, all right? Everybody over over here, go out and get one. How many of you are still glad you came today? All right. So over here, they started serving donuts, hoping that would help. So whoever... Whoever you paired off with, if you'll kind of turn and face them just for a minute. So here's a church where where everybody's involved in discipleship. They're all involved in the process. Over here, it's just things are really struggling. They're really in a dead situation. They're actually forming a pulpit committee to get rid of him because they need somebody to, to work harder because they're just not cutting the mustard, all right? So anyway, this church is totally running out of room. You guys are just expanding, growing. I love to hear the laughter, the smiles. This is a live church over here where everybody's involved. All right? One more time. This is the last time. Everybody over here, go get one person. Josh, you get one more. Josh don't even look excited anymore, all right? (laughs) He's wore out. Hey, so we're still losing people over here, all right? (laughs) All right, real quickly, just take a minute, face the person you went to get. So this person, this, this church is totally multiplying and growing. How many are involved in the ministry over here? everybody how many involved over here one. one and again many churches today are under that addition theory to find them go out find somebody else but this is the new testament model right here it's the people that are one you spend time discipling they get to a point that they go out and they begin to disciple that's where multiplication takes place all right so you all can sit down you did a great job How many of you would rather be a part of this church? Not me. me. Everybody's lost their seat. Things are out of control. All right. Let me real quick just give you, these are some illustrations we've looked at, the difference between addition and multiplication, all right? If you were to take 50 sheets of paper and add them together, that means you just stack them on top of each other, it would be about a quarter of an inch, all right, if you were to add 50 pieces of paper together. But if you were to take a piece of paper and fold it 50 times, so every time you fold it, you're doubling the thickness, that's that multiplication. How thick would it be if you could fold a piece of paper 50 times. Now, I fold it one six times. That's the most I can fold it, and what I would do is measure the thickness, which is about a quarter of an inch, and so I would think, well, the seventh fold, it would be a half inch. The eighth fold would be an inch, so I would just double the thickness and then go up to 50 folds. How thick would it be if I could fold a piece of paper 50 times? Somebody in the early service said an inch and a half. Somebody said three feet. This is how wide it would be. If you could fold a piece of paper 50 times, it would be 67 million miles wide. The difference in multiplication and addition is crazy. Let me give you one in evangelism, all right? Let's say that Tim leads one person each week to the Lord for the next 16 years. That's good. 52 times 16, 832 people he's led to the Lord. Tom over here is way more energetic. He leads one person every day to the Lord for the next 16 years. Now let me ask you, if you were winning one person a week or one person a day, how much attention would they be getting to grow? Zero. You wouldn't have, can you imagine having a baby every week for 16 weeks or 16 years? No. Can't imagine that. So again, good, sometimes mass evangelism is good, but they need to plug into a church that understands the importance of discipleship. But if Tom won one person every day for the next 16 years, it would be 5,840 people. These guys would be asked to speak at all the evangelism conference because they're out there just going crazy leading people to the Lord. Now, again, that's good, but how much discipleship are these people getting? Zero. I mean, they would have no time to disciple them. So let's take Terry, and Terry wins one person to the Lord and disciples them for six months. So he's going to spend six months discipling them, loving on them, helping them grow. At the end of six months, there would be two people, Terry and the person that he's discipled. At the end of a year, so every six months, it would double. You got that? Because they would each go out and take one person. So at the end of a year, there would be four At the end of a year and a half, what would there be? It just doubles every six months, all right? After two years, there would be 16. After 16 years, if this were to double every six months, there would be 4,294,967,296 people who have not only been saved, but they've spent six months in discipleship. Let me ask you, which do you think is the more effective method? Now, again, there's nothing wrong with mass evangelism. Billy Graham was amazing. But somehow those people have got to plug in somewhere and be discipled or they're just not going to make it. All right, let me give you one more real quick. Mass evangelism. Let's say you had six evangelists that were leading 1,000 people every day. How many of you think that'd be crazy? How many of you would like to have 1,000 babies a day? No, we wouldn't want to do that. So one day there would be what? 6,000. One year, there would be, if you multiply that out by days, would be 2,190,000. In 26 years, if these six evangelists were leading 1,000 people a day for 26 years, it would come up to 56,940,000. And that would be amazing. But of the 56,940,000, obviously they would have no time being discipled. So let's go back. To Terry, he wins one person and disciples them for a full year. I mean, he spends a full year helping them to love and to grow and to fall in love with Jesus. At the end of a year, they each go out and take one. So at the end of a year, there'd just be two. At the end of two years, again, every year it would double if they each went out and everybody was involved in the process. At the end of three years, there would be eight. At the end of 26 years, if you were to double every year, the number would be 67,108,864 people who had not only been saved, but had spent a year in discipleship. God's plan is for us to be fruitful, to multiply, to get some other people being fruitful, to multiply and to fill the earth with people that are passionately in love with God. I just want to be honest that many churches are functioning over here they're trying to add people then go out and get more people but we've got to learn to slow down and we got to learn to love on people and disciple people so here's what I want to ask us to do I want to ask you to stand I want to ask you a question today and I've asked this periodically But how many of you are here at this church because I personally, our Bob Caldwell, our Brett Jones, our one of the staff, personally invited you to church? You're here because we personally invited you. Would you raise your hand? That's pathetic. (laughs) How many of you are here today because a friend, a family member, somebody contacted you invited you to come and just to be a part of what's going on would you raise your hand look around in honesty a healthy church is not a church that has a dynamic pastor i grew up in a church where the pastor averaged 77 visits a week he was out every day all day visiting and that's good in many ways but i'm just telling you it's possible to run yourself crazy. The New Testament model is a church where everybody is involved in the process. And I really, again, I say it many times, but the amazing thing about this church is that that all of you are involved in ministry. I remember a few years ago, we had a visitor come and they said to me after church, they said, would it be okay if I invited somebody to come next week? I said, well, just this once, just this once. (laughs) But isn't it amazing, again, when you begin to fall in love with Jesus, here's what I found. When you truly begin to fall in love with Jesus, you want other people to fall in love with Jesus. And we need to learn, again, to to be fruitful, multiply. Our goal is to fill the building, not just with bodies, but with people who are are growing in their relationship with God. That's really what it's all about.